it appears that vinyl records might be making a comeback. Now, um, there have been some signs of this, right? We've kind of seen some like brightly colored, cool looking hipster term term tables happening at like Urban Outfitters and stuff like that. But I think this is in a little more serious way because Sony Music Entertainment said this week that it will begin pressing vinyl records again, ending an almost three decade hiatus for from having done so, which is a really interesting thing to think about all the possibilities. I think it's there's a it is a rare joy to sit around surrounded by uh, vinyl records and just be kind of like putting on songs and doing that. It's like what we do now with Spotify. We just clip, you know, click around to different songs, but it's special. It's different on vinyl. So joining us to talk about this is Duncan Stewart, Director of Research Technology, Media and Telecommunications at Deloitte. And Deloitte, I got to say, kind of called this months ago. Duncan, welcome to the program. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us on. Well, so you called this in January. You said that, you know, in 2017, vinyl is going to continue its resurgence, but it's really going to, it's going to be for real, and it's going to be in an impactful, meaningful way this year. What led you to to declaring that it's really, really going to happen this year? Well, a couple things. Uh, Vinyl peaked back around 1981, 1982, and it went down for a long time, and and you probably remember that as well as I do. Uh, It's been kind of coming back for a while now. Uh, You know, kind of you look somewhere around 2010, and you can start seeing the, pun intended, the needle uh, moving the right way. And um, what we saw, though, was that it was not just hipsters. Uh, You know, it's not just the turntables at Urban Outfitters, but it's it's people of all ages, uh, people uh, young Younger than hipsters, older than hipsters, uh, people from uh, outside the United States as well as inside. This is very much a, a global trend. As a matter of fact, in 2017 so far, uh, the United States market, still growing, is though not growing as fast as, for example, uh, UK and much of Europe is. So uh, very much a global trend towards vinyl here. And so why do you think that is? There's a bunch of different reasons. I mean, some of it is the hipster effect. Uh, it's uh, the same people who uh, sit around growing their own uh, tomatoes and uh, drinking cocktails out of mason jars also think that, you know, uh, vinyl's pretty pretty cool again. Uh, but some of it is audiophiles. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who believe that that the sound actually is better. And some of the vinyl that's being produced is is audiophile quality. It's 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 direct mastered. It's extra thick vinyl so that the, 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 the uh, disc it doesn't warp in any way. So it's a, it's a better sound quality, uh, according to some. It's certainly a different sound quality, and, and I think that's one of the big issues. I mean, when you talk to kids these days, let's say 18, 24, that sort of thing, they spend so much of their lives in front of smartphones, in front of digital screens, that something that isn't digital in the same way, something that feels a, a little more authentic and analog, really has a, a tremendous appeal to them. You know, I can't help but also sort of draw a little bit of a parallel into the literary publishing world because it seems like music and literature mirror each other a lot with their industry trends. And it seems like this, a very similar thing happened. The more publishing went into digital formats and the more there was demand for ebooks in addition to a hard copy, it's there, I started seeing things like a special edition where more boutique publishers and imprints were releasing maybe, you know, a thousand 
thousand thousand really, you know, beautifully done. Maybe they were smaller numbers than a thousand, maybe just a few hundred hand bound, kind of this special um, sort of artisan feel to to what looked like a very old school book with an old school, uh, you know, publishing approach to it. And so do you think this is more of that, that there's sort of the more digital we go, there's there's a craving for something, you know, tangible attached to it? 100 uh, percent. What you just said nails it. And not to pat, not being Deloitte, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but actually uh, a couple of years before this one on vinyl, we made a prediction about books, about print books. And we actually said that sales of print books would go up and sales of e-books would fall. It's, it's not just special editions. People are buying fewer e-books year over year and buying more print. There is a genuine, you know, everything old is new again kind of back to the analog back to the physical. And there's a bunch of reasons around that, whether for books or for vinyl. And I think your parallel is exactly right between music and literature here. A lot of the the same things you can do with a a print book, you can do with vinyl. Uh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember it, but I I remember back, you know, back when the 1980s kind of thing, I would go visit a friend's house. And one of the things I would do is I would look at their, look at their, their, their records on their bookshelves Mm -hmm. and actually be able to form a judgment of, you know, is this somebody I want to be friends? Is this a woman I want to date? You know, uh, oh, gee, is that is that five Journey albums? I'd be I'd best be moving on then. Uh, so so having physical records on the shelf, it actually says something about us as people in a way that a Spotify playlist, as as convenient as it is, doesn't really indicate. That is a really good point because I right if we think back there used to be a lot of rules in high school and college about you know don't de- don't ever date anyone with this book or this record or this CD later <laughs> it was kind of rules that you would have you know oh if this person owns this that means they think this or you know uh, people had really strong opinions about the things on our bookshelves so that is a very good point we can be so much less judgmental by using <laughs> by using Kindles and Spotify playlists absolutely. Indeed, indeed. Well, and so as uh, as Sony has announced that that they're going to turn to a factory that's just south of um, southwest, sorry, of Tokyo to to really resume this vinyl production, they've identified a couple of challenges, and one of them is it's a lack of engineers that are experienced in this format in dealing with this format. Do you see uh, or foresee rather any other uh, you know knowledge and skill gaps that we're going to stumble across as as this resurgence of vinyl comes back in such a meaningful way. Well, I mean, it's been three decades that that really vinyl's been in decline and a slow comeback, uh, now getting to be a fast one. Uh, three decades is a long time in one way, but it's it's not that long. Luckily, a lot of the sound engineers, the people who know how to press vinyl, make it, edit it, mix it, all that good stuff, store it, keep it, uh, sell it, uh, a lot of that is still out there. Uh, maybe the, maybe the, the engineers doing it are a little older, uh, like 30 years than they used to be, but they're still around. So we don't actually see a huge skills shortage. There are also other vinyl plants coming back. There's a, there's a couple in the States. There's one in Canada, a couple in Europe. As a matter of fact, there's some folks I met just a, just a, earlier this year in France who are looking at print your own vinyl. It would be sort of like a, a 3D printer for vinyl where you could make your own limited run, one or two or ten copies of a vinyl record uh, in a shop uh, uh, or even in your own home if you wanted to afford it. And they're planning on selling these. So uh, 
uh, it's uh, it's something that sort of scales uh, from uh, re- vinyl records that might be sold in tens or hundreds of thousands to one or two at a time. So I think it's uh, it's something that's able to address both ends of the market. I like how you say that, that it's if you wanted to afford that. As if I, as if, if if you, it's just a matter of wanting to afford it, really, not say cleaning out the couch cushions for loose change and shaking down, you know, car ashtrays and all that. Uh, But anyway, as we look at this, you know, this resurgence, what, uh, what do you think the the biggest difference will be this time with it? You mentioned quality, you mentioned, uh, you know, it being kind of this uh, sort of anecdote to the more digital files. Do you, do you foresee any other uh, pieces being attached to that? Well, one thing I need to I need to I need to put the brakes on here, and and that sounds kind kind of sad and depressing. But we have to remember that the global music revenues are around fifteen billion dollars this year, uh, and, and and that's not even counting concerts. If if you include live music, it's going to be close to double that worldwide. So when you look at a billion dollars of vinyl music, that's certainly a lot bigger than only a, a couple of hundred million a few years ago. So it's grown enormously, but it's still a drop in the bucket when we look at global music sales. It's a few percent. So this is a growing thing. It's a fun thing. It's, uh, you know, to quote Bob Seeker, take those old records from the shelf kind of thing. But it's it's still very much a bit of a niche, uh, a minority behavior. We did a study uh, here in Canada. Uh, most people only buy, most people who play vinyl only buy one or two records a year. It's not that many. And a weird thing is, and I got to share this with, with, with you, about 10 to 15 percent of people who buy vinyl, they never actually play it. Uh, they, they, they buy it as a collector's item. They buy it maybe because it looks good on a shelf or a wall, but they never actually listen to the music on that record, which uh, I think sort of says something uh, a little bit funny about the whole resurgence. Yeah, you know, I, I have to admit, I did, I, I do have two Smiths records that are unopened. And I have not opened them. I have not played them. <laughs> they're just there. They're wrapped. They're in pristine form. But it becomes maybe like... you've just been you've just been in too good a mood, and you're waiting for some reason <laughs> to get really depressed, and then you'll take them out. <laughs> right. But as long as they're wrapped, it's like Schrodinger's cat, and they can just stay in there. And as far as I know, it's a perfect record with perfect everything on it attached. <laughs> and so, as we're looking at these parallels between music and literature. Are, are there any other markets that you think will be, uh, you know, see a resurgence of something that perhaps has fallen out of favor coming back up again? Absolutely, and 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 I want to I want to focus on those those millennials. And too many people say say mean things about millennials and make too many generalizations. Uh, but I've been doing some research with Deloitte uh, in North America and in Europe, and there's a really interesting thing coming out of out of this. And it's not just about books, and it's not just about about records. It's about the, the imperfect in all its many wonderful forms. A lot of these kids are saying things as part of the focus groups I'm doing about things like live theater. You know, they, they, they love the latest, greatest movie and whether it's Wonder Woman or Transformers or whatever it is, but it's all CGI and digital effects and everything looks kind of perfect. Uh, I actually had a bunch of kids tell me that they loved going to live theater because it was that same thing as vinyl, same thing as print books. It's, it's real, it's authentic, it's not digital, it's, it's, it's not part of uh, computer-generated anything, it's not even auto-tune, you know, it's a, that's a real human being on stage and they might make a mistake and, and that's that lends a certain level of authenticity to the performance. So I think this is a, an overall trend. Uh, I think the 18 to 34-year-olds out there are, are embracing an imperfect world, and, and the scratches on the vinyl album are just one sign of that. 
Yeah, it only makes this sound better, indeed. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Duncan Stewart, Director of Research Technology, Media and Telecommunications at Deloitte. Very grateful to you for joining us today. Thank you, and have a great weekend. Thanks so much. You too.